Talking of prepubescent boys, did you see the State of the Union? Yes. You actually watched all of it? I watched... Most of it? Most of it. I tuned in like halfway through. I forgot it was on because I was busy doing, you know, work. Yeah, Trump was so normal. He sounded like a very normal fascist. He sounded like somebody who could read, which is impressive. Yeah, that's true. I loved that kid, the 11-year-old who, like, just goes and puts flags on veterans' graves. I think it'll make a really compelling college admissions essay. And then when he doesn't get into the schools he wants, he will complain about affirmative action. He's not putting flags on those graves. He's digging them up. That's not true. That's just straight up inaccurate. He's digging those graves. Fake news. He's digging those graves up. He's taking out the corpses. He's taking them home and he's posing them in his room. And he's performing real life action movies with the corpses of soldiers. Check one, two. No, this isn't a check. Hello and welcome to Between the Left, episode four. First off, we'll be talking about an event we actually went to last night called the Super Bowl, where the, no. the violence... Anyway, it, we went to a talk, instead of going to the Super Bowl, like the cool kids we are, we went to a talk on the Holy Land Foundation 5 at the Brooklyn Commons. Um, anyway, it's pretty... <laughs> Pretty terrible. For those of you that don't know, very, very briefly, the Holy Land Foundation Five are a group of five Palestinian men who worked for, volunteered for a charitable charity, <laughs> a, a great charity that was doing a lot of relief work both in Palestine and like around the world. The U.S. government basically colluded with the Israeli government to get a lot of false evidence um, against them to be able to call them terrorists shortly after 9-11 when, you know, we were just rounding brown people up. Anyway, so they are in jail now in federal prisons around the U.S. for serving a 65-year-old no, no. year sentence? People, they're serving 15 to 65 years. Even if they did what um, they were accused of doing, which was aiding... Hamas in some indiscreet way. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna vouch for Hamas, but they are not exactly sponsoring international terror. They're sponsoring at worst acts of terror against an occupying force. So they are pretty solely a resistance movement. Well, yes. I mean, but regardless, like whether or not you want to call that terrorism is is another debate you could have. But regardless, with well, the way the the talk was framed, it was from the author who wrote a book about this called Injustice, whose name is <laughs> Miko we'll cut it. We'll put no, it in later. No, his son is Mark. Anyway, his name is. I'm not gonna put it in. Blank, blank. Anyway, blank. What? We'll put it in the. Am info. I just gonna fill in blank, <laughs> blank? Is that? We'll put it in the. We'll put it in the info. Yes. It'll anyway, be in the info of the podcast. You know, there's a lot of layers to the injustice of this, and the way the talk was framed was that these people are basically political prisoners in this country, the same way that Palestinians are political prisoners in Israel for the occupation. And there was uh, someone in the audience who was a political prisoner who had just gotten released from the Black Panther movement. Um, well, he got released from jail. He was in the Black Panther movie. Right, sorry. He just got released from jail. The Black Panthers just let him leave. 
he got released from jail after like serving like 30 years or something yeah, ba- uh, basically he was a, as he's an old he's an old guy yeah anyway the point is is that like this country is pretty unjust the level that i was not most disgusted by but equally disgusted by as a legal scholar and somebody that while i understand the system is super flawed i still have to vaguely believe in the system and believe in the possibility of of using it to help mitigate harms and basically you know they had great lawyers who put together all this evidence to show that they just ran a charity and they they had no connection to any terrorist organization even if you consider Hamas a terrorist organization it did not matter because it was post 9-11 it wasn't even just collusion between Israel and the U.S. although it was certainly that it was also collusion between the various branches of government and that's that's one of the worst effects of, of terrorist scares or red scares or the modern day Russia scare is that when the various branches of government believe that there is some existential threat, either truthfully or they pretend to believe that, it's very easy for a judge to be like, this isn't normal circumstances, which is what the judges on appeal said. Then at that point, law is not this like separate entity that exists regardless of whether or not anyone wants it to exist. It is something that is permitted. And that's super depressing, even when, especially when you think about the fact that most of the law benefits property holders, it benefits the powerful. And then also to think even that like small degree of freedom, if you're a powerful person is still only quote unquote permitted. Right. I mean, it's easy to be like, oh, it's terrible that people have political prisoners and you know ignore the fact that we do that here as well um anyway so basically just look into that because it's not a very well known thing that happened and look into the book and look into bds yeah most importantly um, importantly, it was really so i'm jewish it's really hard right it's i'm not a zionist i've never been a zionist but it is really hard growing up just even the being you know told israel's homeland right as an eight-year-old nine-year-old in hebrew school and you know never really thinking that much about it i did birthright a couple years ago and i i saw israel and i think it's it's a beautiful place and and it's hard i know that a lot of the people that went there when it was first created to be a state in the late 1940s were victims of the holocaust and didn't really have anywhere else to go to go home to after they were freed from the concentration camps so it's it's I get all that and I'm also like I I really like being Jewish and I the culture of it and so it was, it's a hard it was a hard thing to grapple with when any sort of person or thing you hold up as part of you to learn that it's also a nightmare for a lot of people and and so it's been a hard journey for me to to support the BDS movement it's taken me longer than proud of but it was really great there's there was like a whole subsect of the audience last night that were Hasidic Jews which in their super, yeah it was weird and they we were like oh no they, <laughs> they found us when they first walked in but then the speaker like knew them it was quite apparently they've been fighting Zionists in the state of Israel they, they've been doing for... boycotts of religious texts well, I will we should note that one of them stood up and kind of well, made a comment at the end and he did have a certain amount of skepticism toward the idea of boycotts and I, I do share his skepticism a lot of there has been a lot of research into the potential success of boycotts I think boycotts are they're more of like a thrust in a larger movement they express something more than they actually do real economic damage for a boycott a boycott is the same 
problem of buying a hybrid. It's an expression of an individual, not an expression of a system. It's more important, I feel, the divestment and the sanctions part of BDS are kind of the most essential because you need to put pressure on government, on people who control the flow of commerce, the flow of goods, to actually isolate Israel. And that's going to be an uphill battle. It's happening more so around the world, and it's happening with younger people here, but that's going to be an uphill battle in America since there is such... Yeah, the Zionist lobby is... Yeah, and the... The ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, mm -hmm. is incredibly powerful and incredibly... Biased. Globalist. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just important to remember, because I, I have a friend who was telling me a story, another Jewish friend who at a BDS protest got called a self-hating Jew, and I just think it's really important to parse that out, right? And to, to think like, no, I can be really proud of the Jewish heritage and the Jewish culture. And because of that, I don't want my people, for lack of a better word, to mean hell for a lot of other people. And I want to just be able to practice what we preach. I think I think as far as religions go, I don't know, Jews have gotten really good at, at being really tolerant and, and being um, accepting and, and a really, I've always found them as I grew up to be a safe space as opposed to like I know Liam's had not quite the same experience with Christianity or Catholicism um, rather because I always say those as if they're the same thing but they are not <laughs> also I mean I think the American tradition of Judaism in the past 50 60 years has been heavily associated outside of, of Orthodox and Hasidic Jews um, has been heavily associated with progressives well not leftist but but liberal they're socially progressive uh some degree of economic uh progressiveness and there is a leftist tradition certainly in judaism but as we've talked about yesterday after the holocaust happened there I've, there are many holocaust victims that went around and went to speaking tours and when they talked about it they didn't talk about it in this like historical shame of judaism they talked about it as a victim and as someone who was not going to let anyone be victimized again right and when you talked about your hebrew school teaching about it and birthright the conversation was about our historical shame and our people being better and stronger and uber menschy and it, it does have it has fascist undertones because it has that that element of the historical shame that needs to be redeemed at all costs and that was what fueled the various israeli uh arabic wars throughout the latter half of the 20th century is the idea of we can never be shamed again we need to be strong and present this strong face to the world to not be exploited and victimized so for the next section i wanted to do something new it's called the cast a slide party two no all right i don't even know what that is what, what you don't know that? what this you don't know what the cha-cha slide is oh that fucking disaster yeah they say like it's time for something new from the cast of slide party two the cast the cast of slide party two what is the fuck is slide party two i don't know it's just what they say that is not a song that is a, a summoning ritual that just didn't work. I think it worked. What the fuck did it summon? Donald Trump? Yeah, actually, that makes sense. Just tell people to do that something a, no, for stupid 20 minutes and I'll do it, apparently. Just like... Yeah, that song is endless. Anyway, um, so... No, nope, that's get not funky. the music I wanted to use. It's Tweets in America, and I'm mm. going to play a song... That's we're the kids in America, but I'm replace the word kids with tweet. Be like, we're the Everyone's tweets great. in America. That's what America. We're the tweets in America. We're the tweets in America. Tweets in America. Everybody lives for the music. That 
that's what America needed. That's what our audience needed. I hope it just drives everyone insane, and and then we can just get this shit over with. With the tweets in America song. Yes, I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna use to lead the revolution. I expect it to be like the opposite of the cha-cha slide. See, the cha-cha slide is a secret globalist conspiracy okay. to control people's actions because they're too busy doing the cha-cha slide to revolt. But where the tweets in America will actually inspire such rage that I'll just drive down a van with it blaring over like loudspeakers and they'll just start ripping stuff up in pure rage. Let the record show that you are still talking. Uh, let the record show that I just solved the fucking revolution, so. Anyway, tweets from steely-eyed sociopaths. A first steely-eyed sociopath, or as I like to call him, a maggot-infested bowl of porridge. Uh, Jay Carney, the former White House press secretary for Obama. Obama. Let me be clear. It's a good time to recall that in the previous administration, we never boasted about the stock market. No, I can't commit to this. He, Liam is very proud of his Obama impression. Okay, it got better. It mm -hmm. got better. Let me read that from the beginning. Good time to recall that in the previous administration, we never boasted about the stock market, even though the Dow more than doubled on Obama's watch, because we knew two things. The stock market is not the economy, and two... If you claim the rise, you own the fall. That is patently false. I'll give him, like, Obama didn't boast as much as Trump, but he boasted about the fucking stock market. Well, this, like, rewriting of history that Obama was somehow, like, the champion of the people outside of the campaign trail is... It shows the very slim difference between the Republican machine and the Democratic machine. Technically, he knows this hold is on. a lie. Technically, he's not rewriting history. Technically, Jay Carney is rewriting history. Yeah, Jay Carney. I, wouldn't, I wasn't referring to Obama. Oh, okay. Jay Carney was rewriting history people even put in the post obama boasts of raising stock market during his term a lot of his first term was about the stock market yeah. because of the the crash that was just like a factual like that was a big thing that was going on yeah. it would be weird if he didn't talk about stock and market. he used it as an indication that the economy was improving okay i don't want to get out of hand and say that obama did not like talk about the stagnant wages and and the like lowering of labor market participation all that stuff but he definitely was more interested in serving elites in his economic policy. The Dodd-Frank Act, it reformed to the stock market for sust sustainability, not for justice. That's the problem. But it's never about justice. It's about allowing them to continue, but kind of holding back their complete rapaciousness so that they don't you know, actually eat all of America. The oh, stock market okay. dropping, it's it's gonna be used to justify austerity. If, if I don't know what the stock market drop well, means. Well, we've been talking about, or I don't know if like, we've been talking about, but you and I have talked about how this is gonna happen again. The, the student debt oh, bubble, yeah. like there's no, all these students going into debt are just not gonna pay. Yeah, no, I mean, so. you heard it here first, and by <laughs> here, I mean uh, not here. You Don't pay your student loans back, just don't. It's going to be terrible for you. Probably no one's going to ever try to help you or care about you other than, like, your fellow comrades. Also, but like, if you... Just don't. Just revolt. I mean, your credit score is going to tank. So if you want to own a home, sh sure, like, that's going to be an issue. Otherwise, don't, like, it's going to take 10 to 20 years before the federal agencies are going to get involved. And so, like, you might have a FBI agent show up at your door in, like, 10 to 20 years if the whole economy hasn't burst into flames. Just don't be, like, Middle Eastern. Yeah, exactly. If you're white, you'll be fine. But um, as as always, dodging debt. Like... <laughs> well, Middle Eastern, the greatest crime. <laughs> that should just be like a slogan for America. That should be on the Statue of Liberty. If you're white, you'll be fine. No, I mean um, you won't. You'll just be less dead. <laughs> you'll just be 
you'll not be, persecuted by government agencies. Yeah, you won't be like in a jail, but you'll be in a jail of your own mind oh, doing heroin. Okay, well, yeah, you'll be in jail or you'll be doing heroin, slowly dying in your child's arms. In your child's arms? Probably. A lot of parents are dying during the heroin crisis. It's like a big thing. Remember the kid who got adopted by the nice cop? Yeah, yeah, but his mom didn't die in his arms because he's a baby. Maybe she did. Maybe the, the baby okay, was what, carrying her. Move on. Maybe um, the baby brought her to the cop and the cop just like picked her up, threw her off a bridge and took the baby. Anyway, I'm just saying that like very little will happen to you if you don't pay your student loans. So... Just keep that in mind. I mean, and yeah, you can't declare bankruptcy with your student loans. But the, I mean, you won't be fine. I don't want to pretend you'll be fine. You won't be able to, I mean, you're not going to get a house anyway. None of us are. The problem is we never collectively act against economic forces because we don't, we pretend that economic forces aren't actually like power plays, which they are. They're used by powerful people to justify the benefiting themselves. And we don't use them as a political tool for the common man. And we should start. And one right. of those ways is not paying student loan debt. And I'm not just saying that because I don't have any money to pay my student <laughs> the, loan debt. But the one problem before we move on with not paying student loan debt is it doesn't really hurt the people you want to hurt, right? I mean, yeah, it hurts banks and, and, and banks are I mean, bad. That's, that's exactly what I want to hurt. Right. But I well, I would also rather hurt the like higher education systems that have just collectively decided to exponentially increase the yeah. price of getting a higher education. Well, and they've already gotten their money. You got to understand, though, those colleges, how else have they gonna pay for kid rock Ugh, to God. come and do i would like to point out that they don't even like pay for printing right like i went to nyu <laughs> i had a great experience despite nyu and it's a great school but also like i'm you're a check to them and like i had to pay for printing and it's like how what at, you can't pay 10 cents for me to print something? I'm giving you like $60,000, $70,000 a year. Well, it had to go to Clay Aiken so he could come and be like, how you doing, folks? I'm gonna, I don't think Clay Aiken came to NYU. I'm going to sing a song. I'm going to sing a song and then I'm going to give myself a five-star rating on American Idol. I don't know what Clay Aiken does. I, Clay Aiken's a politician now. What? You didn't know that? Oh, my God. I want to fucking die. Kid Rock, the two fucking celebrities I mentioned are politicians. I like Clay Aiken. He I had is, measure of a man. He is. If one day you discover him broken down, he's lost every... Anyway, yeah. let's move on to the next week because we've been on this for like a long okay. time. Okay, I just, that was also to do with the stock market, which, you know, I don't pretend to know anything about the stock market. But, but Clay Aiken, we are experts on. Yeah. Well, you are. I'm an expert on Clay Aiken. You can you need quote to, me on that. The only thing you actually need to know about the stock market is that it's a bunch of bullshit. And if anyone tries to confuse you with large words and explain the stock market activity, uh, light them on fire. It's a really good response. Or um, just make them listen to Clay Aiken albums over and over and over again. I mean, I, I think the fire is more... <laughs> Okay. If one day okay. you now I have two parts of this podcast where you're singing play again. Okay, next tweet by at Lady Star Gem, who's no one but that got on my timeline somehow, so I'm reading it. Um, a comprehensive list of Barack Obama's scandals in eight years. Dot 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 etc. Tan suit. Dot 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 etc. The end. Who cares if he didn't have any like? Well, he did. I mean, well, he didn't, but he did. Like, he didn't have any scandals. He also killed somebody Democrat. with a drone. Well, he killed many somebodies. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, he killed people with drones just because it wasn't a scandal doesn't mean it wasn't bad. Yeah, that's exactly it. The scandal here is defined by the sort of liberal centrist position of Barack Obama did nothing wrong. 
And, like, if you define it by the leftist, hey, war is bad and stupid, let's stop supporting Israel and drone striking things. He did many things wrong. Tying this back to our earlier thing, doing a nice full circle thing, he also, we learned at this talk, had the opportunity to grant clemency to the Holy Land Foundation Five. And people did a lot of work to went to different countries and, like, got them uh, to agree to let those people, like, live there so that he, if Barack Obama granted them clemency, they could move somewhere else and they wouldn't like be living in the US which obviously would Barack Obama did not even pick up the file because Muslims am I right uh, let me be clear I am a Muslim and I am practicing jihad but also fuck Palestine <laughs> that was not Obama if you couldn't tell that was, was. actually just Liam uh, anyway next next we have Donald J. Trump at oh my gosh. real Donald Trump. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what a guy. This this one I love. This is one of my favorites of the, of the week. The Democrats are pushing for universal health care while thousands of people are marching in the UK because their U system. What? Oh, universal health. I don't know what that means. U system is going broke and not working. Dems want to greatly raise taxes for really bad and non-personal medical care. No thanks. Uh... <laughs> I, that's hilarious. Every time someone says the word raise taxes as like a negative, part of me just dies inside. Well, I have no money, so good luck fucking raising my taxes. Uh, Can't take what I don't have, government. A, it's hilarious to me that he thinks the Democrats are pushing for single payer while Chuck Schumer is like sitting in some blacked out room talking to some lobbyists about how best to drop tax credits on small businesses for amputating their employees legs and nothing in the hospital or <laughs> like a, a buy one get one free for major surgeries that's that's chuck schumer's health care reform plan yeah like the democrats would ever support something that popular and sensible i think like let's be clear though Univer yeah, the words universal healthcare are not popular. Single payer is though. Single no, people don't know what that is. My no, mom single, doesn't know what that is. Single payer when it's polled is very popular. Also, Trump fucking in his book last year, Sorry. he talked about single payer on several occasions and how it was good in Canada. And it was like, we need to reevaluate single payer. I mean, obviously he didn't write that and he just like listened to the next person general kelly or whatever who was like no single payer is bad we can't we can't let those poor immigrants live so we gotta kill everyone else right and i think once people understand what it is that people are like oh yeah i am cool with that but if you just say those words it's not necessarily popular a lot of more people are gaining like some degree of literacy over it i obviously don't have the numbers to support that on hand because uh, do you think i fucking research for this show yeah jeremy corbyn uh responded wrong but we're marching because we love our nhs and hate what the tories are doing to it Healthcare is a human right you know that like i think there is something profoundly true about that statement it's really easy for right-wing reactionary governments to point to other right-wing reactionary governments destroying healthcare for people and be like look how bad the system is the tories and theresa may have been just slowly chopping away at, at healthcare as even as they say in public speeches oh we're gonna focus on we're gonna bring mental health to parity with uh, physical health or we're gonna refund the nhs we're gonna make the nhs better it's always in the terms make the of the nhs great again uh, no saga <laughs> Oh my god, that was... I, I want to die now. I think that might have... Okay. Oh, oh, wait, no, there's one more. There's one more. Um, Michael McFall. You know, he's a professor. He did... Um, 
I forget what he did. He's generally just a commentator who has bad takes because, of course, to describe him, he is a gormless looking white man who is smiling at the camera like it's his daughter who never loved him. Wow. Don't feel bad for this asshole. I'm a daughter. Yeah, and if you had him as a dad, you wouldn't love him. That's not true. Look at him. Look at his face. What is that face? Aww. I would love all he my dads. He looks terrified. Oh, he looks like the camera is stealing his soul. Um, anyway, Michael McFall. There was a time in American history when our leaders used to focus fiercely on thwarting threats to American sovereignty. I miss these days. What this essentially reads to me is I miss the time in American history where instead of uh, tweeting impotently and just being a brain dead Cheeto, they got involved yeah. in ground conflicts. So. Are we ever nostalgic for like mass casualty? But like, to me, that's like the greatest thing about Trump's presidency is that he, ha well, he's done more drone strikes than Obama. I'm not going to pretend he's not a militaristic asshole. He certainly is. Well, and like we've had we've had this time. discussion like let's be careful because there's been like an uptick in deaths related to hate crimes and well, ICE but, enforcement. Yeah, and I'm not saying it's actually a good thing. I'm just saying that he's too easily distracted to be um, actually dedicate himself to a full scale state building enterprise. If anything, he would, you know, go in, build a Trump Tower. Yeah, slaughter a few hundred thousand people uh, and then get bored Play and golf. leave, which, you know, is, is like 500,000 people less than Bush did. So uh, gold star for being being less of a genocidal maniac uh, while still being a genocidal maniac. Yeah, uh, this is a good tweet in response by um, Crystal or uh, at always the self, who is just a, a commentator on Twitter. Liberals be like genocide. Normal state sponsored terrorism. Normal. Rapist president, normal, imprinted on currency. White nationalist heroes, normal. Democrat enabled mass deportation, normal. War crimes, normal. Rigging foreign elections, normal. Trump, not normal. Yeah, it's, that says it all. And I mean, you, you can, uh, Anthony Bourdain, to quote him, once you've been to Cambodia, you'll never stop wanting to beat Henry Kissinger to death with your bare hands. You will never again be able to open a newspaper and read about the treacherous prevaricating murderous scumbag sitting down for a night chat nice chat with charlie rose like there is a i know when henry kissinger finally died we'll be having every liberal being like what a what a you know i didn't always agree with him i didn't agree with those genocides <laughs> but he was a statesman and that is the sort of psychosis of liberalism that all things all levels of depravity are justified if it fits a certain aesthetic and that is a lot of political problems of today's age is, is it is it is deprived of material concerns and is only aesthetic it is gesturing at a feeling at a sensibility it's not actually what can you do for me it's what can you make me think you're doing for me Paige is, is laying down now and has um, fallen asleep for the winter <laughs> okay so the last topic um, I wanted to talk about utopia Jutopia, am I right High five. That's anti-Semitic, and I won't stand Why for it. Why is it anti-Semitic? I'm it's, saying it's how Jewish dare you? utopia. How that's pro-Semitic. No, that's Jew. Jew is an anti-Semitic slur. No, it's no, it's just not. You're being such a Jew about this. <gasps> <laughs> I'm keeping that in. <laughs> I'm gonna get fined by the ADL. <laughs> Whatever. Kansas Give is gonna come after me. <laughs> okay. 
last topic. Utopia. Yes, that. Uh, I want to talk about each of our envisioning of what is a the steps to be to gaining a better world and um, why it's not actually ridiculous and hyperbolic and utopic to imagine a world after capitalism. So my first thing, so the biggest overarching one I think is just like treating human life as valuable without there having to be a price tag on it you know like the the idea of merit-based immigration where it's like like human beings should be allowed to live here well like sucking as much as the 26 year old white guy who still lives in his mom's basement um i am for one offended by that you are 24 okay well give me two years Almost 25. And no offense to that 26-year-old white guy, because the, the, that's not his fault, because the economy sucks. He, I'm not blaming him. Well, not the economy. Economy. Am I right? Anyway. All economy. Or, like, the fact that when someone dies, when you sue, there's some states where you can sue for loss of enjoyment of life. <laughs> Yeah, and like in behalf of that person, right? So if like if if I had a daughter um, who was killed by a cop, I could sue in New York State on on her behalf because like uh, I'm her estate for loss of enjoyment of life, right? In some states, you can't even do that, by the way. Which a few years ago, New York was one of them, but I don't I don't know what the law is that right now. And so in the states where you can't do that, you can only really sue if that person was like this person who made money in your household so you could sue and say you know say if my husband or my dad was killed by a police officer or whatever i could sue the police officer or police department and say like he would have made three hundred thousand dollars this year i need that money or something and this like don't quote me on the exact law but that's the general idea and like that's crazy (laughs) you should just we should discourage cops from killing people because human life is inherently valuable just like that's an example of the fact that like our society so people... let me ask a question okay sorry if you want to finish that thought but or like when people defend when they're like we need a better education system because a smarter workforce would be better for the economy in general and i'm like we need a better education system because everyone should have an equal chance to like learn stuff you know it shouldn't be about the the inherent value economically that we're all going to gain you shouldn't need to get something monetary out of it to like want to help people anyway yeah everyone everyone every man woman and child should have the chance to learn about why the civil war was actually the northern war of aggression and was about states rights right that's a utopia i'm ignoring you so i guess maybe the better phrasing of this question would have been if there's one pillar of society that is most essential to change you kind of are presenting the law needs to decommodify human beings. Or, I mean, or maybe that is what I was presenting, but I think have my a answer... more holistic view of human right. beings. My answer to that question would be education. <laughs> if we actually had an equal, like, very good public education system, no matter where you were born, that would be a really great first step. And education leads to progressive views it's been shown so i think that would be a good first step to get everyone to be super progressive and then we'll work on the rest of it and also just it's it the even playing field like that's a huge aspect of it 
Okay, well, I mean, I agree, obviously, that education needs to be uh, improved, and charter schools are ridiculous and stupid, and we need to I just... I mean, we could have a whole... We should have a whole episode on charter schools, Yeah, I mean, you're more prepared to talk about that than I am, because I'm... I worked at one. Yeah. I'm very... I mean, there's a lot of people who are, like, charter schools apologists, and I'm just staunchly, like, charter schools are a bomb that also is, at the same time, <laughs> hurting the infection. They might save a couple kids but that's I mean, a stupid okay, ultimatum why are we again we should have we, if we're gonna yeah, go into sorry. this we need like a whole anyway episode yeah us. what i want to say about uh education is that i'm not as much of a optimist about education because i think that education does not fill in for community or purpose or it doesn't solve the alienation of economic forces that really creates the sort of negative outcomes we have. Obviously, improving education is an essential part of it, and it's an essential part of community and having a, a stable, uh, decent community that gives every member of it purpose instead of alienating them in their own little um, silos as they slowly give up on life and play too much World of Warcraft. Hashtag my life. <laughs> Terrible hashtag. What? That is probably an actual hashtag. Hashtag my life. Hashtag welcome to my life, maybe. That's a CW show. No, it's not. It probably was. Welcome to my life. Stop singing everything. God, you're such a theater major. Anyway. What would your first step be towards a utopia, Liam? Well, I'm, as as a, as a, uh, anarcho-Marxist, also known as a libertarian socialist, also known as a council communist, also known as a anarcho-syndicalist, also known as a uh, but Marxist super saiyan. First off, uh, mandatory abortions for everyone. You have to get an abortion at least once. Uh, Men if, and women. Yes. You get a tax credit if you get two abortions. And you get a free car if you get three abortions people hate leftists basically my entire economy will be built on on-demand abortions i think this would create a more equitable system of uh baby killing based uh i can't tell resource like, he, you could be being serious i can't tell i hate babies can you answer the question seriously no, no i don't have an answer the world's damned you came up with this question i'm kidding okay my serious answer why are you going on your computer you slav and slav there's four i got four it's for you. Yeah, but there's tons of it. You could have some. But you wanted pho. Pho's the best. You ordered pho while I was Why napping. Why do you hate the Vietnamese? They're noble a, people. Nobody wants we to killed hunt Talking of Henry Kissinger. Seamless is fascism. You just ordered from Seamless. Yeah, and I'm a fascist, so... This is ridiculous. Yeah, this is the best podcast we've done. <laughs> this is just... This is a fucking disaster, but also I like it. Anyway, my my kind of conceit of what's the most important step is, like, it's not anything government-related. I think that, I think, honestly, communities, as they become more and more siloed and abandoned by the government, need to be able to um, almost, like, envision themselves apocalyptically and just start functioning administratively within themselves, develop ways to distribute the resources they can get their hands on alternatively. And this is kind of like, it's a bit of a pie in the sky vision, but I do sincerely mean that I think we need to start developing alternative models of community so we can start envisioning alternative models of economy on a larger scale. Obviously communities 
are subject to the economic forces that are, are domineering in America and they can't kind of excise themselves from that. But the same way that certain businesses like co-ops exist, we can start doing that in how we function daily. And I think that's really important. And I think it's a great way to decommodify human beings because it's so easy to commodify us when we're living uh, such alienated lives that really can't rely on anyone else because it's just it's too i guess rational within the system for even your friends and family to be like you're a you're a negative asset in my life and my life is so driven by assets and commodities and the basic sort of brutal math of of economics that i can't fit you in more and more people are just they, they fall through the cracks they essentially are annihilated and we don't tell their story on purpose because they don't fit into the narrative we've weaved that makes our our lives livable and i think it's what i'm essentially saying is that it's really important that we start living as leftists and not just going out there and advocating which is of course extremely important in, in helping people but designing our own lives without completely isolating ourselves from the rest of the world as leftists in, in designing better lives, lives that people can be envious of and, and want to know how they can live those lives, meaningful lives. And, you know, capitalism is designed so that it will go after those people and, and try to uh, delegitimize them, um, both on the left and the right of our political system. But from there, you have the ability to express the sort of existential joy of developing that model to other people outside of your community you can you know start preaching that political gospel i guess if you will that was long-winded and i'll probably cut a lot of that really down really was but you said great things and i agree with you well i think that's pretty much it we've gone for about an hour i'll probably cut it down 15 20 minutes although there's some high quality uh bullshit if one day no, you okay. discover I'm, I'm, you're fired cool thank god get out Do get I out of severance? your get out of your room get out of my room this is my podcast room now okay you have to clean it then sorry no severance package the company can't really afford that right now and it's our listeners faults no one's uh subscribing to the patreon that i haven't made and does not exist my tummy hurts okay well maybe you shouldn't eat then i don't know Yes, the classic stomachache food, New York bagels, gluten-free New York bagels. Mm -hmm. Paige is gluten-free. Um, we can do a whole episode on uh, dietary restrictions and the social stigmas that I have experienced. Yeah, cry me a fucking a river, you weirdo. <laughs> Eat gluten. I can't. This is nonsense. Okay, I quit. Bye. All right, bye, guys.
playoffs. Right now is the new holocaust. More troops is new colored off. I'm trying to pry this collar off. Hip hop is the new rock now. Curfews are the new lockdown. Gunshots are the new cricket chirps. Let's flip this shit top down. Rockin' is that new.